Welcome to another episode of Dakota Spotlight. I really appreciate you listening and would like you to know about Spotlight Plus. It is a subscription to Dakota Spotlight that provides bonus content, early access, and ad-free listening, all while supporting my work and the show you love. You can subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app or visit dakotaspotlight.com. And I said, I was just sitting there going, da, 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 you know, playing that little intro riff. And uh, door was open, breeze blowing through. And I just looked up and I went, the wind blew some luck in my direction. I caught it in my hands today. You're listening to Dakota Spotlight. My name is James Wolner. If this is your first time listening and you're here looking for true crime, well, you've come to the right podcast, but maybe the wrong episode to start with. Maybe, maybe not. This is one of two episodes this week when we'll be meeting the musicians behind the great music we've all been enjoying in this podcast. The wind blows some luck in my direction Okay, Bruce Blackman, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to meet you. Glad to be here. So before we start talking about your music, I want to learn a, bit, a little bit about you. Is from uh, I've been trying to read up a little bit. Sounds like you were an athlete when you were young. Is that right? Yeah, I played football and uh, ran track. I got a, a track scholarship to Mississippi State. Was that four years of track then? or? Well, I only ran at Mississippi State for, for one year. Uh, my track coach was killed in a car wreck oh my goodness. Uh, between my uh, freshman and sophomore years. And uh, he was my mentor and the guy that worked me out and everything. And then the, the Mississippi State decided to, to combine two sports, golf and track. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> the golf coach became the track coach, and, and he knew less about it than a two-year-old child. And and plus, I was getting into music then, so really, it was it was uh, it worked out best because that's when I went into music full time. There wasn't a whole lot of future in running. Right. Um, what event in track did you run though? I was a sprinter. Oh. And a hundred, two twenty, in the quarter. So is this true? Let me ask you this: Is it true that you enrolled in a college specifically because there was a girl going to school there and you wanted to meet her? Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Uh, yeah. I, I went to uh, summer school. Uh, even though I was at Mississippi State, I went to summer school at Delta State because the upperclassmen told me that if you took world history in summer school, they couldn't cover the whole book. The book weighed about four pounds. Okay. So it was a lot easier. So while I was there, I was in a poker game in the dorm one night, and there was a, a, a 
photograph they had torn out of the newspaper of the contestants in a beauty pageant. And there was this one girl. I went, oh, my God, who is that? Yeah, I said, it's Peggy Denman. And she said, she's dating a big-time football player from Ole Miss. I said, where did she go to school? And they told me uh, it was a junior college. So I went and registered at that junior college. <laughs> so, so I was registered in two co- – in fact, at one point, I was registered in three colleges. I also went to a – registered at a junior college on the Gulf Coast when I was playing with my first band. So I was registered in a junior college in Mississippi, Mississippi State, and a junior college uh, uh, on the Gulf Coast. <laughs> wow. So how did that work out with the girl you wanted to meet? Hello, dear listener. This is James, host of Dakota Spotlight, inviting you to subscribe to Spotlight Plus. For as little as $5 per month, you will get the warm feeling of supporting the show and also unlock access to bonus episodes. Get the episodes early and listen ad-free. That's right. No more ads. Apple users can subscribe to Spotlight Plus Standard right in the Apple Podcasts app. If you want to dive deeper and get even more exclusive benefits, subscribe to Spotlight Plus Premium or Spotlight Plus Ultimate. Go to dakotaspotlight.com for more details. Well, the third time I asked her out, it was going to be the last time. She'd already turned me down twice. The third time I asked her out, and she said yes. And then we started dating and then later on got married. And it all worked out. We're still married today. It all worked out quite well. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard any. I mean, I know guys will do incredible things to meet women, but that's pretty, that was very academic of you all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) She was just so beautiful. It's not even possible. How is it possible that anybody could be that beautiful? I'm driving fast, I'm coming home to see you, Bill. Getting dizzy from those highway lines. I should have known I couldn't live without you. Counting down miles down the highway sides. I've been cruising in my 64 Chevy. Burning tires coming your way. Meet me down on the corner by the living. Down around Jim's Cafe. I should tell my listeners here that last time I tried to call you for an interview, you were in the middle of what, a hurricane or something? Yeah, well, well the remnants of a hurricane, and we were without power for, well, I forget how many days it was, it was like at least a week. It's like being pioneers, you know. <laughs> right, and then actually today here in North Dakota, where I am, there's a wind advisory, so it seems like every time we get together, the, the uh, <clears throat> weather is amuck. Is Fargo in North Dakota or South Dakota? North Dakota. North Dakota. Okay, we played a show in Fargo. You did? In, in February. I think it was 77. And when we, we went in, the, got up on the stage, it was in a, uh, looked like a, it was a giant Quonset hut. I mean, the thing was huge. It, there were several thousand people there. But there was no heat. Oh, my goodness. And they had these big things that must have been eight feet long and at least a foot in diameter of torpedo heaters on either side of the stage, but they didn't reach me. And by the time we started playing, my hands were so frozen, I literally could not move my fingers. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's (laughs) North Dakota for you. (laughs) Yeah, and I slept that night, and we were in this little motel, and I put my hairdryer under the covers to stay warm. (laughs) Any other memories of North Dakota that, besides almost freezing to death? 
Well, I got got drunk in a in in a bar there and had a I really had the most fun doing that. I don't remember remember the name of the bar. Again, before we quite get into the song and the music, obviously in 76, your life changed quite a bit when the song took off. But what were the 70s for you before you kind of, you know? Well, I started, um, my first group was Eternity's Children. And, and three members of Starbuck had been members of Eternity's Children. And we got a record deal in 1967 with A&M Records. Okay. I think we were the first act signed to A&M. And uh, we had a song called Rumors that I wrote. It didn't hit. It made it to number 103, Bubbling Under the Hot 100. Oh, no. <laughs> and then after that, uh, uh, we got a deal, Eternity's Children, with uh, uh, Liberty Records. And I had a song, uh, Moonlight Feels Right, one of my songs. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Mrs. Bluebird. Okay. And I think it went to like number 53. It hit, it hit big in the southeast, but never broke out of the southeast. We had, now, they were in the late 60s here. So in 69, late 68, I left that group because of our managers that we had were taking everything. And when I'm, <laughs> I mean everything. And I'd lived in L.A. for about, about a year. Met, met so many people then. Well, well, after I turned to children, I came to Atlanta, and we formed the first version of Starbuck. Um, I got a call from a guy named Bo Wagner, who was a marimba player. And Bo was uh, part of a group. Uh, they were meeting in Lukenbach, Texas, putting together a group to go on tour with Jose Feliciano. In the meantime, while we were out there, we chose the name Starbuck. Um, and that, that group included Bud Cockrell, who was a lead singer and bass player of uh, later uh, Pablo Cruz. And the drummer was Tommy uh, Aldridge, who then joined the group, or who uh, was a forming member of Black Oak, Arkansas. Then he went to Whitesnake, and then um, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. All the, all the members of that group made it, but not together. We, we then reverted to the name Mississippi, and we put a group, Bo and I put a group together. We immediately got a deal in Nashville with a guy named Gary Paxton. Yeah, he uh, did all the association songs, you know, the Along Comes Mary and that stuff. Um, and we got a deal with RCA, but RCA informed us that we had to change our name because they were go- about to sign a group from Australia who had the name Mississippi. <laughs> So we reverted back to the name Starbuck, but then, but then the group from Australia named Mississippi changed their name to the Little River Band. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, let's um, talk about Moonlight Feels Right. So I was 12 years old when this thing took off. So I remember this song like it was yesterday and such a great tune. But I want to start by asking you if you remember, you know, how did that song come about? Did you sit down and write it in five minutes or was it a long, how did that 
work out? Well, I wrote it. I wrote it in about 15 minutes, but it took me 15 years to learn how. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's, it's actually, I mean, a lot of people interpreted that song as a, a lecherous old man trying to pick up a, a young girl, but it was exactly the opposite. It's actually a semi-true story about how I met my wife. Wow. And the night I wrote it, my hand was in the cast, and my wife was working as a waitress to support us because I, I had lost my job because of that. And um, I sat down with my mini mug on the floor one night, and I couldn't play with my right hand, so I was just left hand. Okay. And I said I was just sitting there going da 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 da, you know, playing that little intro riff. Uh huh. And uh, door was open, breeze blowing through, and I just looked up and I went, "The wind blew some luck in my direction. I caught it in my hands today." And I had the TV on. Yeah, but the sound was off. And I looked up, and the movie that was playing was The French Connection. Right. Gene Hackman. Finally made a tricky, <laughs> tricky French Connection. You winked and gave me your okay. That was about the third time I asked Peggy out. And she said yes. And then the whole what we did after we dated for a while, I had an old MGB convertible. It was green. And we went out to a lake in Mississippi. Um and dropped the top and cuddled and watched the moon reflecting off the lake. So that was the image of that. Of course, I couldn't say, I'll take you on a trip beside the ocean and drop the top at a lake between Miss in Mississippi. <laughs> you know. So uh, I just tried, what's the biggest bay that has a big city? Chesapeake, Baltimore. So that part was a little fake. Well, that <laughs> wouldn't fit the song, but that's what the song was about. That's exactly what it was about. That's amazing. Uh, can you tell us about like was the marimba part of the original idea, or when did that come into the project? No, uh, but Bo and I joined because Bo was a true percussionist. He had been on. He toured with Liberace for forever. He was on a Mouseketeer show. He'd been in show business since he was four years old. <laughs> he had his own Vegas show when he was twelve. But our intention was to work those unusual instruments into everything. And, and Bo found me because he liked the songs that I wrote and thought they fit well. But when we cut Moonlight, we first did it. I did a, a an organ solo. Didn't sound right. Then I did a clavinet solo. That didn't sound right. Bo said, well, let me try the marimba. So yeah. we mic'd up his marimba, and he walked out there. And what you heard was an ad-lib, one-take performance. You're serious? Yeah. When, when he finished, it was dead silence in the studio. I mean, just dead silence. You couldn't even see his hands. His hands were a blur in real time. It was, And then Bo said, is that okay? And I went, yeah, Bo, that's okay. Come on in.
I mean, and and that's kind of a, I don't want to say it's the signature of the song because the song is so much bigger than that, but it's definitely something people remember and it sets it set it apart a little bit from other pop songs at the time. Oh, a- absolutely did. No, it was the record, a record company uh, wanted to take the marimba solo out. They said the song was too long. This was in an era they didn't want anything to be three minutes long and it, Moonlight was 345. But uh, they, and I believe we, we had been turned down by every label in America. They either said a, southern, a, a, a band from Atlanta, Georgia, and it's not Southern rock or it's not disco. You know, that, that was the happening thing then, Southern rock and disco. And we were neither one. Right. And that's why they turned us down. But we finally did get a deal with a little, a little uh, private stock label. That's amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about, it must have been a wild ride there between, I think it's like April 76 and August or something when it was really climbing, wasn't it? On the charts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was insane. I mean, were you just on the edge of your seat every day, or how did you, what, what was life like? Well, I was kind of in shock, because we'd been so poor for so, I mean, I'll tell you, the, the week, uh, the, the guy the guy from my publishing company called me, we were playing at a strip club in uh, Buckhead, that's a ritzy area of Atlanta. I was making $51 a week. Wow. We were playing seven sets a night, six nights a week, for 51 bucks each. And I got a, uh, my publisher called me and said, Bruce, you got a hit. So the following week, I get a call from a promoter in Birmingham, Alabama. And he said, Bruce, your song, Moonlight Feels Right, is number one in Birmingham. <laughs> he said, uh, we need somebody to open for ELO. Wow. He said, I, I apologize right now, but all, all we can pay you is $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I went $5,000. Oh my God. I mean, I could buy my own battleship, you know. <laughs> you were on um, TV too. I'm trying to, can you remind me of which? Well, let's see. We did American Bandstand, Merv Griffin, Mike Douglas three times, American Bandstand three times, uh, Dinah Shore, Rock Concert, Solid Gold. So I saw on your website, bruceblackman.com, that you're still playing and performing, right? In fact, you've got a few, a couple new versions or different versions of Moonlight Feels Right. Do I have your permission to play some of those new versions in this? Sure, sure. You can play anything, any of my stuff. Yeah, and another thing, I, I believe you said you wrote a book. Is that right? Yeah, it's called The Road to Moonlight Feels Right. And where can people get that book? Any online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, you name it. So is that the story of your life or the... Well, it, the half of it, half of it, I start off with the concert uh, in uh, in Birmingham with the ELO. Go into detail about that. And then I back up to my youth and go through that and the musical and sports experiences and then how we formed Starbuck, how I wrote Moonlight, recording. So about half the book is strictly about music. Anything about... Freezing to death in North Dakota, or almost? No, no. <laughs> didn't make the book. Okay, one last question: are, are you a fan of the true crime genre at all, like TV, podcasts, or books, or anything like that? Well, I tell you one thing: if you type in my name, mm-hmm. you know, Bruce Blackman on Google, 
you'll get a lot of matches from me, but there's also some guy named Bruce Blackman that murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> okay. It was not me. <laughs> well, Bruce, this has been such a pleasure to finally talk to you. And again, I honestly cannot thank you enough. I mean, it's very generous of you to allow me to use uh, Moonlight Feels Right in my podcast. And I'm going to play some of these other versions for my listeners. And uh, By the way, the Moonlight Feels Right 2014 yeah. that I did, that is... Uh, I decided to record when I originally wrote it, I wrote it as a bossa nova. Huh? So I went, what the hell? I'm going to record it the way I originally wrote it. So that's, that's why it's done that way. All right. I'll play that for my listeners right now. Okay. Again, thanks so much. Hey, no problem. I enjoyed it.
Thank you so much for listening. To support my work, get early access, listen ad-free, and much more, please consider subscribing to Spotlight Plus. Apple users can even subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app. Learn more about Spotlight Plus at dakotaspotlight.com.